It's No Concessions, another movie podcast. This time, we explore subgenres of movies that may have fallen by the wayside over the years. Because, you know, a lot of movies come out every year. Every day, a movie is released. Every time you slap your child, a movie <laughs> is released. So, this week's a lot of movies got released in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Maybe stop yeah. beating your kids so much. <laughs> and that's why fewer are coming out these days, as it turns out. Uh, Goddamn SJW parents. <laughs> <laughs> the SJWs have ruined beating your children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week's subgenre is movies that Denzel found out about in Hall H at Comic Con, <laughs> and uh, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, what's what's a good subgenre for this uh, week? Movies that are hardcore trying to ape the style of another successful movie. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. All mm-hmm. right, so this week's subgenre is movies that are hardcore trying to ape the style of another movie. Shout out to Sin City. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. week's movie is uh, The Spirit from what year? 2007? 2008. 2008. 2008. Directed yeah. by Frank Miller. We'll get to it. Yes. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> a lot then, to unpack here, folks. <laughs> and then we've got our titular segments, No Concessions, where we make a case for one of our favorite movies ever. Yes. But first, we've got our first segment, our opening segment. It is the most disappointing movies we've seen. So let's start with you, Charles. Yes, sir. So one of the most disappointing movies that I've seen in theaters and was actually real hype for on my own was uh, The Golden Compass. (laughs) The Golden Compass, I wanted to be good because I loved the books. Uh, the Golden, uh, the His Dark Materials series by Philip Pullman, trilogy of books, The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. Very solid books. I'm rereading them again right now, actually. Love them a lot. There's actually, uh, I think HBO is about to put out later this year a miniseries. But the movie, when the movie got announced, I was fucking into it. And... And that was like in the height of Harry Potter mania yep. and all that. It was mid 2000s or 2007. So it was like right around when a lot of people were trying to get books, let book adaptations out. Like, it was yeah. around, like it was Aragon like, came yeah. out. Um, so like Twilight was about to yeah. drop. It was just that time for book adaptations because Harry Potter was becoming the most successful franchise, <laughs> film franchise in the world. Uh, I think it's still like number two, number three. It's up there for franchises. It's way. I mean, granted, most it's franchises. Like the MCU, Star Wars, <laughs> Harry, Potter. Harry Potter, and probably James Bond is up there real high because there's like twenty movies. Yeah, <laughs> they've had a head start. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Golden Compass I was ready for. Like I wanted it to be good, and it just out. Even like the trailers weren't that. <laughs> good. It was like the casting solid. Like Sam Elliott as Lee Scoresby seemed like a good move. Uh, Ian McKellen was cast as uh the fucking can't remember his name now probably the, a the wizard. polar bear <laughs> there's this race of polar bears that are like super intelligent and really good at metalworking and it sounds that is a crazy sentence that i yeah. just said um but they're very cool and i was like ready for it and the scenes where you see a bunch of them is admittedly pretty cool they did a good job on the effects of two bears wearing armor fighting okay and <laughs> But every other element of it was really <laughs> disappointing. Like the effects were not good. Uh, they didn't really. It's it's a difficult thing with book adaptations is trying to because you don't have the advantage of like a narr- like narration. 
and you can't portray the character's thoughts. And that's a lot of those books is what is describing like what's going on in the environment. And they didn't just didn't do a, a good job of showing that when they, cause they couldn't tell it. Mm. And so you lose a lot of like the magic of the, of the book and the subtle knife I think would lead itself more to a movie, but because the golden compass was bad, there was no way we we're getting one. So hopefully this HBO series is not fuck it up because <laughs> the golden compass hurt my heart. It was, <laughs> it was that bad. Yeah. I think I was, just, I was really attached to the source material. It was one of the fantasy books that I got into, uh, in like middle school, like elementary, like fifth, sixth grade, I got real into it. And then was just like following the, you know, the releases of the other two books. And, uh, when the movie wasn't good, it hit hard for me personally. Cause I was so, <laughs> I was like so invested. Yeah. Shit. Well, I mean, it was no, the last airbender, but we, <laughs> we knew that was going to be bad. Off yeah. The jump. That was, yeah. That was an odd choice to make. Like, why would you, what would you get out of adapting that to live action? Or um, why I, wouldn't I, you just directly adapt it and try, yeah. instead of trying to, I think a direct adaptation of like maybe half the first season, like select episodes out of the first season. Just condense and, it a lot. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's not canon or only comes up once that you can just kind of work yeah, around. You, can, you know, dismiss there are a lot of, it's a children's show and it was the first season. So there's a lot of stuff you can kind of dismiss. Yeah. But like, there are a lot of scenes like when, like in the second episode, second or third episode, when they go to the air temple and Aang finds out that everyone's fucking dead and he yeah. sees the skeleton of his mentor and goes into the Avatar state. Could have very cool uh, visually. It's something they could have done and they fucking didn't. And the movie was a disaster, but it's not the one that we're talking <laughs> right. about. Right. You know? That's not disappointing because you had no expectations yep. of it as soon as you saw it. As soon as we saw anything, we were like, well, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Still saw it in theaters, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rough. Uh, my first most disappointing well no this isn't actually the top spot for most disappointing movie but uh first one i'm going to talk about is kingsman the first one but chet that movie was cool but chet that movie was competent and solid and fun and yeah yeah it was and it was mad overhyped for me (laughs) i had a friend who saw that movie and he was basically the exact target audience for this movie where he's like the super mediocre white dude that thinks he's cooler than he is and just wants that. That's who this movie was made for. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of them out there and that's why this movie was a hit, but it was also a lot of fun just in general, you know, and it was, it, it was a cool movie. However, it was described to me by him and I had heard this previously already was that it was Pulp Fiction meets James Bond. I love both of those. I don't know if that's accurate. That's <laughs> not accurate at all. That's what I say. But he wasn't the first person I had heard say that. And he said that directly to me. And I told him to his face, like as soon as he said, that, I'm like, that's a very high bar, man. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I get I get the combination now. Uh, James Bond because there are British people in it and <laughs> Pulp Fiction because Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Yeah, it's, it makes perfect sense now. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, but like, it's not as though I hated the movie. It was just that it was so overhyped for me. Like, Someone did you a disservice. Exactly. Like, I probably would have enjoyed that movie so much more if it wasn't presented to me in that, in that light. 
you know, where it's, you absolutely need to see this. It's perfect for you. I loved it. It's my favorite movie of like the last five years, like super, super high praise. And I mean, for one, I don't really like when people hype stuff up that much anyway, because it makes it almost an impossible standard reach that bar. But I also found that movie to be pretty stupid. Like it was fun. I enjoyed it. And it's definitely a stupid movie. Yeah. So, but it it gets dumber in the second half of the movie. Like it starts out kind of cool. And then as Taron Egerton becomes more of the main character, the movie just gets dumber. And uh, it never quite reaches uh, how bad the comics are. But oh, (laughs) well, I guess that's a good thing. Who who wrote those comics? It was Mark Wade, right? Or Uh, Mark Millar. It's one of the Marks. There's Mm. always the problem that I have is whoever wrote this comic is the dude who writes his comics to cater towards like becoming movies. It's Millar. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, all this shit is supposed to be like. I think that's all he does, really, honestly, is he writes comics so they can become movies. And he knows where the money's at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's had a bunch of his shit option. Kick-Ass, maybe that was the only one. Uh, Kingsman, <laughs> Kick-Ass, Kingsman, uh, and a few others, I want to say. Well, he's had stuff optioned that ends up in development hell for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he wrote... Wanted, Kick-Ass. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize Wanted was a comic. Uh, the Wanted comic is actually dope. It is very stupid, but <laughs> it has a lot of very cool concepts, and it is a fun read. Okay, so it sounds like that's where this guy's uh, wheelhouse is. It's stupid but fun. Yeah. And I can respect that. You know, there's definitely a place for that. It's just don't tell me that it's Pulp Fiction meets James Bond. Just yeah. tell me it's stupid and fun. And then I would have been, oh, yeah, I love stupid and fun, but yeah. not when I'm expecting smart and I don't want to say smart and witty because but um, there's yeah. a, there's a specific way that Tarantino does his films that you were expecting and you didn't get that no like the, the dialogue is what makes those movies and yeah, there was absolutely. none of that the dialogue makes those movies good and bad because people don't actually talk like that as it turns out yeah. <laughs> they don't have conversations in the midst of like trying to shoot somebody oh you know what they call a quarter pounder in england <laughs> they call it a royale with cheese because they use the imperial system what's it called it's Imper- the metric system the metric they use we the use metric system. imperial system they use the metric system uh, and it's not the band metric. <laughs> it's not the way that the band metric counts things because they made up their own counting system. You see this fun, witty conversation we're having <laughs> because this is what people actually talk about. Yeah. I've been that dude who's overhyped movies to people before. I remember I saw Ninja Assassin hmm. when I was like 19 or 20 and I thought that shit was the greatest <laughs> thing on earth. I was like, yo, like this movie is so sick. And I told one of my coworkers at the time, like, yeah, like, I wasn't disappointed by this movie. I love this shit. It's violence. It's people getting cut up. It's so dope. You need to watch this. I think I remember you hyping that movie to me. <laughs> yeah. In that film class we took. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, like, I, I understand the desire to hype something up. Like, if it, if it resonates with you just that strongly, yeah, you want to share that with people. And you want other people to experience that. You know, if you like someone, like, yo... This was tight. Share this with me. Or let me share this with you, I guess. But 
certain things just hit people differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Perspective is one of those things that you learn when it comes to recommending media to people. Yeah. I know precisely what my shit is. (laughs) Definitely. And (laughs) we've known each other long enough for me to be able to like, is, are you going to be about this shit? Like, that's one of the things. Like, I don't know if you're going to enjoy this. I enjoy it a lot. Like, you have different things that you recommend to different people. Yeah, definitely. And I, it, I feel like that's one of those things that only comes with knowing yourself and knowing them. Yeah. Like, you understand what you like, you understand what they like, and there should be some form of Venn diagram where this works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Recommendations aren't universal ever. Never. You know those DVD and Blu-ray combo packs that they have yep. <laughs> at Walmart or Target? Yeah. Just in the big fucking bin in the, in the electronics aisle? Yep. I've got one of those for you. It's a, it's a Blu-ray combo pack of disappointment. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's... it's it's a Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Ugh, yeah. And more so Alien Covenant than Prometheus. Prometheus I thought was cool because it was it was fine. Yeah. It like it wasn't the greatest return to horror sci-fi that I've seen, but it also gave me a lot of what I wanted in a sci-fi movie, exploring other planets. You heard the last episode, yeah. you know exactly why I like yeah, that shit. Yeah. And Alien Covenant was it even though it had like some really great set pieces in there like it's got really great shots like at the end after they suck the alien out of the cargo hold all the dust particles floating in the air Mm. i think like it looks really good it's it that shit was really cool but that movie as far as sci-fi goes it it feels like it was written by somebody who doesn't understand sci-fi at all (laughs) because what it was is it was a sci-fi movie that people made horror movie decisions in Hmm. so you do stuff that's obviously dumb as shit and it's like oh yeah let's uh let's just make a bad decision for no reason let's land on this planet that we've never been on and take off our helmets (laughs) and yeah see what happens yeah (laughs) fuck it dude like oh this dude got like really sick oh no what could it have been maybe we should put back on our helmets nope let's uh (laughs) let's just keep it rolling fuck it whatever and that movie it's not that i had high hopes for it it's just that it did a lot of things that were obscenely dumb Mm -hmm. and the choices that were made by the characters didn't make a lot of sense the story didn't make a lot of sense oh okay cool so you have this fucking android this synthetic from planet earth for some reason that can grow hair i don't know why it's hair grows humanizes them i don't know and on some uncanny valley shit it kills its twin coming down from the other ship it takes the place of its twin and it's like oh i'm gonna infect all of you with the alien now and there's a lot that could be done with the alien franchise in terms of a commentary on corporatism and capitalism and how that system always wins as long as it's in place it'll always win and like you could do a lot of stuff based on the commentary for that but what they did was they just like they basically wet your socks and told you to put on some shoes and then they just every time you thought like oh you know what this isn't so bad they just wet your socks some more they wet your shoes so you got turf toe and you're just like ah god this sucks it was real bad the movie was bad and it wasn't fun and there it didn't have enough of that sci-fi shit that i like in that oh it's technology like it's mad technology i love technology shit this is cool it's got 
uh, people exploring other planets in a way that makes sense by not taking off their fucking helmets as soon as they land and saying like, oh, it's breathable air. This is cool. Oh, there's an alien ship. Let, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just go over there. Whatever. That doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let's These just guys do that. Definitely. We're not paying attention during astronaut class. Yeah. The yeah. air being breathable. Fine. But there's still like, even in our atmosphere, there's so many things that you just like don't want to inhale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's objectively just a bad move. Yeah. Especially if there's, like flora that you don't recognize. We're we're allergic to shit that we grew up around. <laughs> like you definitely yeah. don't want to just randomly expose your respiratory system to plants you've never seen before. Yeah. Oh, cool. Let me inhale this like pollen from this plant. As it turns out, when I do inhale it, it just sticks to my lungs and it causes cancer. Or even worse, what if it just grows in size and becomes like one of those things that falls from the trees the spiky things oh yeah i don't know what those are called it just becomes that in your lungs oh cool now i'm like hacking this up and i need surgery to have it removed from my lungs that wasn't a thing in the movie i'm just making something up that but could it could happen. have happened yeah they can't prove that it didn't or that they that it wouldn't because if yeah whatever you got to spend a lot of time analyzing a very small area uh to ensure that that doesn't happen yeah and as a follow-up to Prometheus, I thought it was fucking terrible as a follow-up to Prometheus. <laughs> they killed off uh, Numi Rapace's character in a way that was extremely unsatisfying. Mm. They just had Michael Fassbender's robot guy that was stuck on the planet kill her. And it was like, oh, okay, I thought this was supposed to be a sequel. She was in like a deleted scene at the beginning <laughs> of a movie or something. All right, tight. That movie was fucking disappointing as shit. And I would have accepted a Prometheus sequel because, I again, I thought Prometheus was fucking rad. Mm. Yeah, Prometheus was definitely cool on its own. I think I feel like I would have enjoyed it more if it was just completely separate from the Alien franchise. Like, it, I get that that's what it was, you know, getting to, but it also seemed... It's, it, it could have been a standalone thing. Yeah, absolutely. They used the Alien franchise's name in order to boost its notoriety. That yeah. movie, it could have lived without that. It would have done the same numbers, I think, as soon as people saw, oh, Ridley Scott, sci-fi, that's cool. Right. And it would have been like, oh, this is like Alien, but it's not just latching itself onto that name. Yeah. But whatever. We're here. Uh, my second one is Superman Returns. <laughs> is that the Brandon Heath? Ralph. 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 Ruth. Ruth. However you fucking Ruth's pronounce it. Chris Disney. Brandon House. Um, but Superman Returns was so incredibly fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> and like it had, I think the pieces are all there. I think Brandon Ruth could have been good as Superman. Especially as a successor to Christopher Reeves. Like, yeah. They look a lot alike. Yeah. He, you know, they had a, there's a visual similarity. He wasn't quite as big. Like he wasn't quite as bulky. Yeah. He has that same kind of endearing quality to his personality that comes through in his acting. Yeah. Very pure. Very just like yeah. straightforward kind of. I think of. as Superman, he like, and I think he did a pretty solid job as Clark as well. I think he does a good job of like replicating the Reeves performance, but the fucking plot it's nothing. It's nothing. There's nothing going on in that movie except for him, like being a creep to Lois, <laughs> and, and making his just son. Like, yeah, that was a weird, stupid reveal. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Kevin Spacey is doing. It's not being Gene Wilder. <laughs> I don't know what his Kevin Spacey's trying to wait until Superman's son is old enough to flirt with. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I had completely forgotten about the Kevin Spacey Lex Luthor, and then I just had flashbacks to YTMND days of just the wrong yeah, scene, fucking, and like that's that's definitely was, the most lasting memory of that yeah, movie. It was weird, and then that like, and how much I fucking hate Super Babies. I hate Super Babies. Yeah, there was. I don't think there's a way that could have gone well but they definitely picked the worst way to do it <laughs> it was like oh man who's this like shitty sickly kid who uh is also just not played well no <laughs> uh, like i know a lot of kids are not good actors but like find one. kids yeah so i i will say in recent years that's changed a lot kids have gotten way too good at acting yeah like they're good, they're good actors now. Yeah. But back when that movie came out, they were just finding somebody who worked on sets. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, hey, you come here. Let's all right. Let's let's have you act in this movie. If you stand there for twenty minutes, you get a lollipop. Yeah. It was just like, it was weird. And like, I don't, everyone feels really like aside from basically Brandon Ruth and Parker Posey, who I think is having just so much fun as this character they made up. Uh, everyone is so flat. Like, everyone's performance is super wooden and boring. It, they're trying so hard to be like, hey, remember Richard Donner's movie? It's because here's the theme, and here's the same, like, characterization and all that. And But they don't give anyone anything to do, and it's fucking two hours long, <laughs> and Lex's plan is the exact same as it was in the first Superman, just using crystals instead of an earthquake. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and it's like the, like, the effects are solid. Like, in the few the one action scene there is <laughs> where he breaks up that bank robbery. Uh, the shit looks good. And like when he's flying around like that all looks very good. Is that the movie where he takes a bullet to the eye? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but he never like throws a punch. He just lifts a bunch of stuff. Um, he lifts a plane and I mean, that scene is pretty cool. Like the reveal that Superman's back. Yeah. It's a cool scene. Like he shows up, he saves that plane. What a way to come back. Plane crashes aren't super common. No. So it's like, oh, hey, this is the perfect chance for me <laughs> so to do see what, uh, 45 seconds earlier when he's like coming back in, he just like heat visions the engine. So he has something to do. Nice. It's either that or he's waiting in space for like a year. Oh, I'm telling you, that's that's exactly what this new Spider-Man and Far From Home movie is. It's Jake Gyllenhaal pretending that he's from an alternate universe. Yeah, we're just starting, just starting shit to go in and stuff. Yeah. He's I'm a hero. He's gonna syndrome it. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there was like there were other things because like, I played the Superman Returns game. Like it wasn't also trash. <laughs> um, it's fucking awful. Cool ideas, but really bad and repetitive gameplay. And. Uh, but they had a, like a sequence that got cut out of the movie where he's on his way back and he's in like this white version of his suit that's supposed to help him absorb energy, but like Mongols involved. It's a whole cool thing that would not have fit in the movie because it's just Superman staring at Lois Lane and or out into the city or it's like doing nothing <laughs> and then getting stabbed by kryptonite at the end. Falling to earth and being in a hospital. That's a weird fucking scene when he's just being carried into this hospital and they're trying to do surgery and shit, but he's still like Superman up so no one can get to him. Yeah. And then uh, he wakes up and he flies into space and then he goes to his ex's house <laughs> <laughs> and uh, flies into his son's window and touches his head and gives the Marlon Brando speech. But 
I guess, objectively better than Marlon Brando because he actually memorized it and didn't read it off the (laughs) cue cards taped to the baby. That's a real fact about the Richard Donner movies is Marlon Brando was full on checked out of acting. Uh, I, I have an interesting... Well, there is an interesting history about Marlon Brando, which we will get to another time. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a modern Superman movie with the technology of the time, especially. And there was potential, and they don't deliver on any of it. And then it was just gone. Brandon Ruth never got another chance to do it. But he's fun as Ray Palmer on Legends of Tomorrow. So he's still got, he got something. I always feel so bad when I feel like there's exceptional casting yeah. for for whatever character. And it just goes nowhere because it was a bad movie. Like, I feel as though Brandon Routh and the new one. Um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. I feel like both of them got kind of shafted by their scripts. Like, yeah. I, I also don't think that Henry's a, in a very good actor. But I think physically he fits it very well. Yeah. And then just, they're just bad. (laughs) Just bad movies. His American accent, I feel like, prevents him from actually acting a lot. (laughs) He's got to think about it too hard. Yeah. His delivery is very deliberate. Yeah. And it has to be because he can't do an American accent. (laughs) We can do exactly one version of an American accent, and it's just very deliberate, straightforward. And I think it works for his character in... uh, the man from uncle mm-hmm. yeah because especially he's kind of a smarmy dick and it works that he would just talk in a way that makes him seem like he thinks it makes him seem really cool to talk that way but as there are some scenes in man of steel where he's talking and you're like i you don't seem like you're from kansas <laughs> <laughs> you were speaking hollywood english yep yeah, because it's probably the only example you have that you've based your english accent, your american accent on yeah i mean i this is how this is how British people feel when we cast, you know, like Kevin Costner as Robin Hood. <laughs> also directed by Ridley Scott, weirdly. Yes. Huh. Whoa. That that movie was terrible yeah, as was. well. There have been so many bad Robin Hoods. They remake it like every three years. Yeah. Because he's a public domain character that's easy to work a script around. He doesn't have any special abilities. It's easy to shoot period pieces because he just has you just have to have a forest and use one of the fucking thousands of castles that, <laughs> that, uh, that Europe has that just aren't being used. They should just build an actual Nottingham. Just <laughs> have it on deck. And just, every time somebody wants to use it, just... Yeah, you got hey, it. You want to shoot Robin Hood here? We got you. That's yeah. all we can do here. So my next uh, very disappointing movie, which a lot of you will probably agree with this one, because it was real famous for being disappointing. The old Matrix Revolutions. I mean, I feel like I don't really have to qualify this one. It's <laughs> it's pretty well known that this was an extremely disappointing movie. Did not deliver. That was the final in the trilogy, right? That was the third. I also okay. forgot before I looked it up earlier that Reloaded and Revolutions came out the same year. That was the same year? They came I thought out. it was back to back, but okay. Yeah, it was uh, spring and winter. No kidding. Yeah, so the first movie, of course, was fantastic and something completely different. And it was a totally unique property. And while there was certainly room for a sequel, there wasn't any like, they didn't set it up for that. You know, it could have gone either way. There were still plenty of stuff that was left unexplored, but it wasn't, it would have been fine on its own, but it was such a success and they had such a cool world that was built. You might as well make a couple of more. So the second one came out and there were set pieces and individual scenes that were really fucking cool. 
But the second one was purely set up for the third. Like, there were cool scenes, but it was introducing characters that we don't really understand yet and introducing concepts that were, were getting there. And it had a lot of second act syndrome, but it was still a hell of a lot better than the third because the third was practically unwatchable. That movie relied so heavily on CG that <laughs> it was not ready. It, it, if that movie had come out like five, ten years later, it probably would have been pretty good. But it was so ahead of its time and not in a good way. It was trying. It could have been cool. And it just did not get there. And everyone was left in the theater just kind of scratching their head like, I'm not 100% on what I just saw, honestly. I'm okay. I watched it and... I don't think I want my money back, but I also, I don't know what just happened. Oh, cool. Giant Keanu Reeves. That's really dope. <laughs> oh, he almost went super Saiyan. That's, that's a choice. Yeah, that was not Kevin was Michael Richardson, super recognizable voice coming out of a robot baby. <laughs> God, that, that movie was fucking strange. And then there was that weird, I want to say this was in the third. It could have been in the second. The weird uh, sex scene simultaneously with the with rave. The, with the rave orgy. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And watching uh, Keanu Reeves and what's her fucking name? Yeah, weirdly long sex scene between Neo and Trinity. Where it looked very similar. It's very hard to tell who's oh, doing yeah. what to who. They have the same haircut, same skin tone. Both yep. of them are real th- slim. And, yep. just, they're, and they're lying on top of each other, like very closely. In a very small space. Yeah, it's just kind of a mass of flesh with some bits of hair. Yeah. Very, very appealing. Scene. Which movie was it where the Frenchman's like, I programmed this kick to make women come? That, that was, was the second one. one. That was the second the one? Yeah, that's or whatever yeah, the fuck. That's that when I knew they lost it. <laughs> Devil pervert. I was like, you're programming pieces of food to make women bust. Hell yeah. That's okay. Fuck. <laughs> That'd be my whole restaurant. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> like, yo, bring your bitch here. She's going bust on site. And she won't want to have sex with you, but she'll bust. Well, you get that shit to go. Yeah. <laughs> yo, baby, eat this while we're doing it. Yeah. It's like, you're just not getting it done. Post makes that shit. <laughs> yo, baby, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up some food. You want anything? I can swing by that French place. Huh? <laughs> My final disappointing movie is Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh boy! Oh boy! One Saturday of the morning most cartoons. Disappointing <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my life. Mainly because it strayed so far from the original one. Yeah, it's not that tonally it was super different. It's just that in terms of the effects and the story and mm-hmm. what was going on in the movie, and even like the the cities and the CG that was used in the movie. Yeah. Everything was so weird and different. It was yeah. so it was ass. That movie sucked. <laughs> yeah. It was like if they made a PlayStation 2 game, a PlayStation 2 sequel based on the first movie. <laughs> yeah. And we're like we don't have the atmosphere and stuff, so more shiny stuff. Yeah. yeah. We don't have the budget for the CG yeah. for this one. I, I also thought it was emblematic of how much less money they had for this because like none of the cast returned. Yeah. Charlie Hunnam. I wasn't, just, no one wants wasn't to, what's her name in it. Yeah. She's in it and she spoilers, uh, dies. Yeah. In the she first dies part. three minutes. Yeah. She has like two scenes. Yeah. And she just like gets wrecked by 
the return of kaijus yep yeah that's a good way to get rid of people who want more money to be in a sequel yeah Uh, charlie day came back and he had a much bigger role had a much bigger role and it it didn't work yeah and it was like a saturday morning cartoon oh i was good in the last movie now i'm evil (laughs) i brought them back because i drifted with the kaiju and we shared a brain now my brain is that brain and so i want to bring them back from the other side of the galaxy or whatever wherever the fuck they are whatever weird dimensional rift they're fucking sending shit through yeah the movie was whack there were there were some things that i kind of liked in it you know i i got what they were doing with having the last big showdown be in tokyo and everything mm. but damn that oh, movie was fucking cool. whack don't don't have shit take place during the day if it's mostly cg yeah yeah it's a good shortcut that not enough uh big budget movies use there are some of them overuse just oh yeah some their entire movie takes place at night and that's also kind of a weird thing yeah i mean it's fine if it's actually night and not blue filter night haha <laughs> yeah. yeah day for night baby like oh this is too bright just make it blue <laughs> yeah yeah everything everything make everything that's perfect blue. you know like real life how you can't see colors anymore when the sun goes down <laughs> everything becomes blue that's how it works don't go outside after 6 p.m <laughs> After these messages, a review of the 2008 film, The Spirits. Hey, it's uh, Denzel again, here to promote the Patreon. One of the perks that comes with the Patreon is being shouted out on the show. So here we go. Shout out to all the lovely patrons who support us with uh, their De Niro month to month. That includes Adrian T, Ash Princess Midna, Brady R, Brian R, CJW, Charles S, Chet Brown, Dad, nobody's father, I don't think. <laughs> Daniel W, Destro the Siege, Dickie, Doug Drew, Dynamo, Emilio R, Final Cake, Fish Nipples for Sale, Fun Kilo, James A.W., Juice Campbell, Mel J., Mike C., Overlord Dean, Patrick M., Philip M., Nikki, Rare Steak, Sacred Fire, Samurai Jack the Face Ripper, Saul G., Scythode, Spirit Fury Fire, Swervelo, Vidal S., Willard T.K., X, the X janitor X, and Zach K. Thanks everybody for your support on the Patreon. It's really appreciated. Now back to the show. And we're back in this segment. We're reviewing 2008's The Spirit, released on Christmas. I saw it on Christmas Day. 2008. <laughs> Christmas movie. It's, that's when you want to release a movie like this. Directed by Frank Miller, produced by Deborah DePret, Gigi Pritzker, and Michael E. Uslan. Screenplay by Frank Miller, based on The Spirit by Will Eisner. Starring Gabriel Macht. Eva Mendez, Sarah Paulson, Dan Loria, Paz Vega, Scarlett Johansson, and Samuel L. Jackson. Music by David Newman. Cinematography by Bill Pope. Edited by Gregory Nussbaum. And its budget was $60 million And it pulled down 39 Oh, boy. <laughs> That's rough. Chet, please summarize this film for us. Okay, so the spirit... 
story-wise is pretty simple. It's about our main character, the titular character, the spirit, who is a cop who was killed, brought back to life, and now he's effectively immortal, and he's just here to solve crimes and take out his nemesis, the octopus, the mysterious, also seemingly immortal scientist who's up to general no-goodery. I guess he's got a drug on the market, and that's why he's bad. He's ambiguously a drug dealer. And that's basically it, story-wise. The rest is just kind of how this plays out. And as we learn more about the spirit's mysterious past, and he, you know, seduces a bunch of women. Okay, so (laughs) I want to comment on this because I definitely was in Hall H for this presentation at Comic-Con. One of the big selling points of this movie was that there was a a bunch of hot chicks in it. There are too many attractive people in this movie. Like, even background characters are like, yo, all right. <laughs> Shout out to Paz Vega because she wasn't really in anything else. After <laughs> well, she's a Spanish actress. So it's like a lot of the movies she was in are not, were not released in the US. Yes. She plays a character that's in the movie for approximately five minutes. If that. <laughs> yeah. And what else? There was that young woman who was doing that awful Baltimore accent. Yes. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson, very attractive woman yep, in her younger days. Anyway. Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes. Yeah. Fucking smoke show, dude. Yeah. That panel at Comic-Con, from what I can remember, was just like, it was Frank Miller, this weird, creepy old yeah. man, <laughs> Gabrielle Knocked, who was actually very good in suits. That yeah, show right. was really fucking sick. Uh, he was there, and there was just a bunch of fine-ass women on the stage. And it kind of came down to the point where, like, some of you are in this movie for, like, three or four minutes. Why are you here? <laughs> Ava Mendez is such a small role. What she, she plays, like, Lady Death, right? No, that's uh, Jamie King. That's Jamie oh, yeah, King. You don't even yes. see her, really. Nope. It's you, just... It's just <laughs> It's in a it's it's a whisper of her yeah. figure that's in the <laughs> just a light directly behind her face. <laughs> she got some holes through her through her head. You, yeah, see, you see her dark blue eyes. Oh, Eva Mendez plays the grown up version of the young woman that's in the movie. Yes. Oh, that, that they okay, so kid. she actually has a role. Yeah, she is actually yes. a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When kind I'm of. gonna get out of this town, oh, God, yeah. you're never I, gonna see me again. I so I watched the movie uh, this morning and also yesterday because as I mentioned, <laughs> I like this movie a lot. It has come well. I don't know if it came up on the show before, but I think we talked. It came up on the last episode, yeah, yeah, and we also talked about episodes ago, yeah. But um, Gabriel, Seicho Gabriel, who was uh, she was in, she's young, sands and sand in the spirit, but she was also uh, UA in the Last Airbender, so she was Uh in two terrible movies in (laughs) as many years. Um, oh, but she is I don't know what she is doing with how she pronounces words but she's doing so much with her mouth it's I, I was like watching it and like kind of listening to it in the car on my way to something uh, today and I just remember I had to like stop because this this scene when like she's in the, when they're in the alley and they're leaving is so fucking funny to me how she's like enunciating these words it's cartoonish it makes absolutely zero sense she's making a choice and it's not a good one 
I just want to touch briefly on the background of the spirit too, because I tried to go back and read those comics because for a short period of time, I was like, oh, you know what? The comics adaptation or the the original comics of these film adaptations are typically a lot better than mm. the movies, depending on what they're basing it yeah. off of. But I went back and tried to read the spirit. It's hard. Yeah. It's a bad. First and foremost, it's just a bad comic. Yeah. And it's second, from the 40s. Like, it's way old. And it's super racist. Yeah. And they <laughs> Ebony got, White, baby. Yeah. Ebony White. The racist sidekick. With the, that just looked like a caricature. Yeah, he, awesome. He, like, and it was the forties too, dog. Like it was. <laughs> if racism was still very popular. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, of course this character is here and is just around. And every time they've like tried to relaunch the spirit, and whether in comics or like even in the nineteen eighty seven pilot that they did, they're like we can have like yeah the spirit had like a black sidekick, but we can do them without him being super racist and. It's like you just don't need him because he's no, you don't. <laughs> you don't because he always seems really superfluous. There's a, there is so many. I gotta go back to this because even remembering the scene in the hospital with the doctor, <laughs> it's just there are just so many fine ass women in this movie, and none of them are black. Yeah, this no. is true. The yeah. only black character is Samuel Jackson. Jackson. That's yes. it. They're just. I mean, they're only you only see maybe thirty people. That's true. Yeah, you really don't see that in the movie. Is maybe. 30 human faces that you see yes. including extras like there's nobody in this movie and it's like, very spark six of them are the same dude yeah Athos, lagos and ethos uh, and adios and amigos and yeah. huevos retros <laughs> <laughs> all right it's I fun it's a good bit yeah. no foundation in the comics at all yeah this is very weird really it is the loosest adaptation i've probably ever seen from what i heard uh frank miller basically took every adaptation of the spirit up to that point and pretty much just smash them all together yeah. into one. Cause obviously there's like some loose ties between all of them, which is that he's a mysteriously kind of dead character, but he's back and he's also a detective now, but even tonally, a lot of the comics were very different. So yeah. some of them were very like hard boiled noir style. So some of them can't be. Yeah. It kind of goes back and forth. So you get all of that in this movie, which. So I, I guess we should talk about is the movie good? No, I I love it, but no, no, it's not a good movie because as as mentioned in the subgenre, it literally is aping the style of Sin City. Oh, it's trying which so hard. Frank Miller, that was the first movie he ever directed was Sin City. Yeah. It worked out great. He, he wanted to make that style a thing, and he yeah. was but he was taking credit because he also drew. He also he also did the art for Sin City. Frank Miller does a lot of his own art um, for uh, stuff that he writes, and he's like straight up adapting the like shading style that he was known for in like the in the 80s adapting that to film and for sin city stylistically it works it worked beautifully and, and the the graphic novel like even in the movie the framing is yeah. the same like if you look at the graphic novel you look at the movie it's pretty much one for one yeah in it's, a way that works whereas in Watchmen, where they did, they're trying to do the exact same shit it doesn't uh, it works in sin city because of how he framed the original like I, like you would say that the graphic novel was done in a like cinematographic yeah it's style. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of cinematic. It, that's it the word I was looking for. Like, <laughs> it looks like storyboards for yeah. a movie in a way that's very effective. And so, when translating it to film, worked pretty well. 
did the stylistic thing with the uh, colors and shade, like having everything be black and white, except for like very specific things, works for Sin City because that's the kind, that's the tone of that story. Yeah, and it, it remains consistent. Yeah. The spirit <laughs> is anything All but consistent. All over the fucking place. <laughs> I, the, my least favorite part about the spirit, and they made a big deal about this in the Comic-Con panel, but there was this quote-unquote new technology <laughs> that they were using for those fake underwater shots. Oh, where it's yeah. like Eva Mendez underwater when she's not actually underwater. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they did was like, they CG'd up her hair. Yeah. And they also filmed her at like, I want to say like 300 frames per second or some shit yep. like that. And so when she was moving around, it would just, it, they just slowed it down. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. okay. It's the same shit when, uh, like at the beginning of the movie, when Sam Jackson is swimming super awkwardly. I've never seen anyone swim that way. <laughs> yeah. But it's like clearly he's not underwater. Yeah. It's this movie tried so fucking hard and shout out to Gabriel Mock that he's acting his ass ass (laughs) he is giving whatever he's taking whatever he's being given and just ramping it up 10 times he tried his best doing the best noir that he can now you listen here it's there's so many disparate elements that any if they just picked a direction to go in it could have been great if they had like went more campy with it because like <laughs> there's some scenes that are so good with like his parts of his performance are so good like every time he's flirting with somebody yeah like you know what is it ellen uh played by sarah paulson is that balmore or is that the doctor the doctor, the doctor. The doctor. Okay. and she's like you're in love with every woman you see and he is and he that he does super well when every yeah. time he sees a woman and he just like you see it in his face he changes he goes from like whatever wacky detective shit he's, he was just talking about to just this change happens and he's just like pouring the charm on and it's so funny every single time and it's so genuine and it, it, he, he really wants to fuck each one of these women he wants to fuck every woman like he's loved them for years <laughs> And it's a weird thing that is not in the comic, but it works so well. And if it were just that for like an hour and a half of him just doing like regular police shit, but also being the most weirdly charming dude. The, the movie as a whole, it's a fun idea. And what I like to do is like, I like to sit around and I'd like to reimagine if this were to be remade, like in what way could they remake it? Like all the movies that we've talked about so far on the show, I like to sit and I say, like, if they were to remake this, like, how could it go? And this movie, you can't remake nope. this movie. No, 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 no. This, this movie is fucking terrible. You would basically, like, anything that you would remake it into would just be worse. Yeah. It, it would, would either be, it would be a completely, completely different, different movie. Yes. <laughs> or it would be just so incredibly bad. This movie walks the line of being completely irredeemable. At like several points in the movie, but it's it's really just the full on charisma of the actors yeah. that saves this movie because the yeah. plot is nonsensical, but like it's so silly, but also weirdly serious at times. Like his when he's given those like my city speeches, yeah, it doesn't. I it you don't expect to see someone have a toilet smashed over their head like five minutes later. Yeah. When you have that. And he keeps giving those speeches. At one point he's like when he gives his background with sand, he's delivering that to a cat. Yeah. Like but then later he's talking and he looks directly into the camera. 
It's like you gotta pick one movie. Yeah. You gotta make a decision. Yeah. Does the spirit break the fourth wall, or does he just deliver these soliloquies to no one? Make a choice. <laughs> As an aside, I gotta bring up the wire stuff. Like when when they have there are the scenes of the spirit jumping off of things, oh, yeah. and oh, you can yeah. see midair the wire <laughs> correcting him. He gets caught and he just <laughs> it's he jumps and he's like going one trajectory and then he just straightens up. <laughs> and it's like ah fuck, come on man. The scene where he swings onto the elevator, oh, and clearly well, doesn't so make it, and then gets pulled the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. This movie, this movie is very enjoyable to me. I like watching it's so this movie. Fun. It's it, a very fun movie. I wholly, wholly understand why it bombed so yeah, badly. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It did not deserve to make its budget back. But I, you know what? If they, if this was one of the movies like, um, like a Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Well, hold on, that had a small budget, right? It did have a small budget. If this had like a $10 million, $15 million budget, I'd be all about this movie. I'd say, hey, this movie's fucking perfect. Yeah. $15 million and it made $39 million back, but they had to use new technology. Yeah, I don't know where that money went because it does It was all CG. Yeah. It was yeah. all post. Oh, yeah, let's... uh. Let's do that fancy filter shit where we isolate one color. Yeah. And like they really so like they do the tie all the time. Sure. Yeah. But they also like will randomly have his shoes be bright white. Like the bottom of his shoes. Yeah. yeah. Why is he like, wearing Chuck it, it Taylors? Was very inconsistent. Because sometimes you'd see it. And the, yeah. and the next scene where you see his his shoes, that's not the effect's not there. And there were times where his tie, like the tie was always red, but there were times where it would be flat, like yeah. outlined cartoon red yeah and other times where it's like shaded and just graded and even the grading like it always had that that blue and yellow filter over it and with like harsh shadows it looks great yeah but it's also very inconsistent yeah consistency is his issues is this movie's biggest issue yeah, it doesn't is know none. if it wants to be slapstick or actiony it doesn't know if it wants to be full-on pulp noir or if it wants to be a parody of pulp noir and it's it's hard to tell what it's supposed to yeah. be and like there are shots uh, there were, i saw some picture like behind the scenes pictures of or like just shots of different scenes without like the weird noir filter thing they're doing <laughs> oh, that must and have been it something. looks good like just if it had, if it didn't have like the weird sin city thing going on i think it would have performed better because it, it it just that was the first thing that stood out to me when i saw a trailer for it was that oh this is just sin city yeah because it was a year and a half later yeah and Frank Miller wanted to make it a thing. He wanted it to be his hallmark. Yeah. Fuck Frank Miller. Yeah, he <laughs> sucks. That, I don't know what he's like personally. Oh, he's uh, shitty and loud and racist. Oh, there oh. you go. Oh, fuck him. Oh, that's not a surprise. Easy he peasy. He was probably arguing with the studio. We need Ebony White in this movie. <laughs> we don't have that little spear chucker. Uh, I, I don't know. I, aside from that, like he tried his best he had Sin City, which was an out of the park hit. Yeah. yeah, I will say I think that's one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen in my I life. I agree. And oh well, I I really like Sin City, but I also there is a bit of a cultiness behind I've it. I've seen it twice, and that's enough. I feel like, yeah, for a lot of people, yeah. like you, it's does some interesting stuff. One of the things that really sticks with me is the that yellow bastard yep. sequence, mostly because it's that weird goblin dude, yeah. <laughs> right yellow, and then Mickey you remember beats my the voice, sh- don't you? Then Mickey Rourke just beats the shit. Well, also the Elijah Wood as Kevin. I'm gonna watch oh, yeah. that movie again. 
Yeah. No, I'm thinking about another See? Talking about See? It. I might need to watch it again. <laughs> but I don't think it's like because I, I had a friend um, who I'm still pretty close with now who fucking loved Sin City and would hype it all the time. Like I read the books because he had the full like the like the oh, collection. Yeah. I read the books. I was like, this will be interesting. And I watched the movie. I was like, oh, and that's the books, but as a movie. And that's fun. And it's, I didn't get the level of hype, which is why I also don't think I was, I didn't really know anything about the spirit. I was like, oh, it's a superhero movie. And it's 2008. And we don't have good ones of those yet. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man just happened. It came out uh, six months earlier. Yeah, there you go. And so I was like riding that wave. Yeah. Cause, like The Last Stand was real bad and Spider-Man 3 was real bad. <laughs> so I was like, well, Iron Man was good. Uh, the Hulk exists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the spirit will be interesting. And I saw it on Christmas because the girl I was dating at the time, that was her like tradition. She'd always see a movie on Christmas. A lot of people do that. And so I was like, okay, let's go see. We had seen a movie. We had seen Harry Potter. The, and the, I think it was... I think it was Deathly Hallows 1. No, it was half... It was... Order of the Phoenix? The one right before. That's, it was the one right before Deathly Hollows. Half-Blood Prince? Half-Blood Prince. A lot of talking in that movie. I was not invested. <laughs> that, that was the worst one. That I, was why did I, I hadn't read the books or seen any of the other movies. Oh, you just went in raw? Because she wanted to see it. And I was like, well, then I'll pick the next movie. You pick this movie. I'll pick the next movie. And she picked the Half-Blood Prince. And I fell asleep. And then I picked the spirit. <laughs> and she was mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. We legit like got in an argument over something. <laughs> And I was like, because I enjoyed it so much, even the first time I watched it. And she had convinced her friends to like, I'll see this movie that I had picked. And none of them liked it. <laughs> so it's just, it's me and four women who are angry about how bad this movie was. And I'm beaming. I'm like, that movie was so silly and weird and dumb. And I loved it. And we get in the car and she's like, I can't believe you made us watch that movie. That's so good. And so I, and I decided to drive this woman who's angry with me, whose friends are probably texting her as we try to drive her home. I'm like, well... Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. That's pretty fucking good, man. Yep. That's. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would have reacted if I'd seen this movie in theaters. Like, I, I only saw this for the first time today. Like, watched it for this show so I could talk about it. And I kind of already knew what to expect because I had, had it explained. I had seen a few shots. Like, I, I saw the uh, the samurai scene. Yeah. Like, that whole set piece. Uh, we got to talk about Sam Jackson, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. But, like, I, I kind of knew what to expect already, that it wasn't very good, but it was enjoyable. Okay, cool. I'm prepared for this. So, it was fine to me. Like, I get why it wasn't a hit, but I enjoyed watching it. If I had seen it in theaters, like, just going in without really knowing anything... I probably would have been pretty mad. Yeah. If I if I wanted Sin City Plus. Yep. And that's not what you got. That is not at all what you got. You know, I'm not going to lie. I really fucking like this movie as yeah. well. It's, it's fun and dumb in a way that I really appreciate. And it's also like, how do I even put this? It's like a good background noise movie. Yeah, 100%. I put, this movie, I put this movie on at uh, parties and shit before. As I, as I do own this movie both digitally and on DVD. I should buy it. I'm interested in the special features. Yeah, I got to get the, I I get the I'm, I'm not curious about fucking Frank Miller talking about how he got all these sexy women in Hollywood and this shit. He, he strikes me as just like a weird old man who's probably a perv. He's definitely, definitely a perv. Definitely. <laughs> but like, I'm interested in like the actor's takes on this. Like everyone from the interviews and stuff that I read today, everyone seemed to really like it. Dude, <laughs> it 
everyone in it is having fun. It seems like a fun experience. Yeah. I feel like Samuel L. Jackson probably had a great the most time. fun. Man, I might actually have to go buy this on Blu-ray today. <laughs> Do you have it on Blu-ray? I don't. I have the DVD. I gotta get the Blu-ray. Time to upgrade. Because it has the special features on it, so I gotta... Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta get a 4K Ultra Blue <laughs> Disc Reader on my uh, computer so I can just rip all that shit yeah. yep. onto, uh, onto my computer. Keep it handy at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about the octopus. Let's talk about the fuck. So the octopus is a character from the comics who's just like, he's like Dr. Claw, like you never see him in the books. Uh-huh. But uh, Doctor, that is a- I, I gotta stop you right there. Dr. Claw... Top five names for a villain, yeah. and he's also one of the top five villains Real ever. Good. He's fucking great. I love, I love that weird, deep, raspy voice that Next he's got. Time. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the it. quintessential evil voice. It's real yeah. good. I want there to be like, a good guy with this voice. <laughs> Well, just next time. Not well. We can't because uh, heroes aren't allowed to smoke anymore. Uh, so, yeah, they even got Wolverine to quit smoking. And they also got him to stop saying "bub." Yeah, which is robbed. But anyway, so the octopus they basically just use the name and just whole cloth are like Sam Jackson, do some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like no one got told no for any of those scenes. <laughs> He's dressed as a weird pimp cowboy at the beginning of the movie. Uh, he, and then he's dressed as a samurai for no reason. And clearly, like, like he's like messing with the... Because they're not glued on well. And he's just like, because he clearly did it himself yeah. in character. You see spirit gum on yeah. his face. And then he's a fucking Nazi for no reason. It's so weird. It has no bearing on the set. It has no, like... That was a special request from Frank Miller. (laughs) You need to dress as a Nazi. He he just had that costume already. He was like, (laughs) hey, put this on. Hey, Scarjo, I got one for you, too. Uh, And, of course, Sam Jackson would just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. And he's full on a crazy person, and it's fun. And you could tell he's having a great time in a way that really only Sam Jackson can enjoy things. Visually, they do some weird stuff in all the scenes that he's in. Like in the samurai scene, when the whichever one I think it's pathos whichever one of the weird clone dudes they have <laughs> that are never explained nope <laughs> when they have him like commit seppuku yeah as soon as he stabs himself the Japanese flag becomes <laughs> the background rising sun uh, <laughs> and the scene just keeps going they're just still talking you never, never address see, it and you don't see him actually like with the knife actually in himself like it's always he's that part's just out of frame but as the scene is going on he's like doing it really slowly so it'll cut to Sam Jackson and Scarlett Johansson and it'll cut back to like the scene where he's in the frame and he's just like slightly further <laughs> and he's giving commentary <laughs> on top of it oh that's smart <laughs> hey, is it supposed to sting like this and then Scarlett Johansson who just the whole time was like she the way she talks is like a teenager yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't swear I think she says damn a few times but like she doesn't swear she just like we use like those weird like big sister in a team com like in a kid comedy Way he's like, I don't know. It's it's a weird choice, but it's also really funny. She feels bored the whole movie. Yeah. But, but well, like, so to comment on that, that's just her acting style. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was the character or if that's Scarlett Johansson, but that's how it comes across. Every movie that she's in, every yeah. movie, oh, yeah. she's uh, doing the same thing, and like to varying degrees of boredom. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, the director's like, can you could you try to be more excited? And she's just like. 
Hooray. <laughs> she's it's just louder. That's yeah. that's, that's her hooray. <laughs> she's basically in my mind, the way that I see Scarlett Johansson, and this is how it works for me, is she is just Aubrey Plaza, yeah. but with blonde hair, and she's like a worse actress than Aubrey <laughs> Plaza. But like that's just exactly who she is, yeah. and she's having a difficult time trying to hide it. <laughs> but it works in this because of how over the top Sam Jackson is being, yeah, and that like he has this like really restrained sidekick works, and then the weird clone dudes who again never explained. I enjoy them greatly. It's. They're it, so stupid. It's a really good. I can't remember that actor's name, but it's a very good performance. Yeah, <laughs> where like he's just playing blind, dumb. Yeah, in a way that's annoying and charming at the same time. I feel like they utilized the henchmen pretty much perfectly in this movie. Yeah, like they're definitely one of the elements that makes it a lot more campy and more comedic. But if they had leaned too much heavier on them, mm-hmm. it would have just gotten annoying for sure. But they were sprinkled throughout just nicely so that it was like, oh, they're doing something stupid again. That's funny. All right, let's go back to our film noir. Yeah. The movie, I think, stylistically, is fucking cool. Yeah. But also, the fashion in the movie, pretty rad. Yeah. Everyone's dressed in a very cool way. Yeah. Those Uh, gloves that Samuel L. Jackson has, I want them. Yeah. I want them. They're great gloves. Yeah, that outfit he's wearing at the end is sick as fuck like yeah it's the fur coat and the hat and it's it's like so all the belts <laughs> like it it's a cool looking outfit and i mean sand like even mendes is f- holy shit yeah yeah the whole movie this Every, is a, this is like back when this is this was filmed in the era of like peak, peak objectification yeah. <laughs> and like when having fine ass women in your movie really was the difference maker. Shout outs to uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. He, just, he would get people who couldn't act and just have like one fine woman because Michael Bay is the master of objectification. But he's a music like, video director. So he's great at those shots. Yeah. Like, yep. Whether it's a car, it could be a cup of coffee, it could be anything. He could shoot anything and just like, damn dog, like that looks really fucking good. (laughs) Do I want to fuck this coffee? (laughs) What's what's going on, man? Damn, (laughs) I'll put a banana in that tailpipe. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's sketch. Anyway, yeah, the style in this movie, the way that it looks overall is I, I like it yeah. even though Frank Miller tried to make it a thing it definitely couldn't work beyond this movie and yeah. Sin City Sin City 2 came out apparently and yeah Dame Nicole 4 was it just it was nothing is what it was it wasn't even bad it was just it exists but it was because it was a decade after the first one and it was like we how is anyone supposed to give a shit yeah yeah, yeah that's completely true i mean we got we also got two 300s so it's like oh yeah, yeah i always forget that there's a second one the second one and very spin-off. prominently features eva green's breasts yeah could really have only existed for that like three or four year period. Yeah, because he saw Zack Snyder was fucking popping off with his slow-mo, fast-mo <laughs> yep. shit. And because he's got a poor understanding of what makes things good, <laughs> Frank Miller, that is, he was just like, oh, this stylistic thing works for this. Why don't I try? And he just did black and white with... uh out, Red. Yeah, with uh colors. Well, I mean, color. yeah, it, obviously it can work. It can work, but it gets tired. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was 
if we had tried it past the spirit, it would have just been like, nah, come on, man. We've seen this. Luckily, the spirit was a massive flop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if this film had done really well? How different at least like the next two or three years of action, like comic movies would have looked. I can't wait for the spirit too. <laughs> Gabriel mocked probably wouldn't do it because he's making he like, would. he's making like fucking $3 million an episode on suits, which is still ongoing by the way. Oh, I always forget that show was still even, happening. Even with uh, Mike from the first few seasons gone. And then what's her name? Who married the prince gone as well. Rachel something? I don't, I I don't, don't know. The, the, one of the people who's on the show literally married the Prince of England, and she's off the show. Oh, Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, yes. She, she, that was so fucking random. <laughs> but I like that show. He's making a lot of money doing yeah. those episodes, though. So I couldn't imagine that he would be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. He's spirit. also almost 50. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. I haven't really seen anything else that he's in. But it's the spirit and suits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, one for two, 50% oh. ain't bad. I mean, he was a child actor, apparently. Huh. Makes sense. Most child actors grew up to look really weird. So good on him. Yeah, from... he's making it work. He does look weird, though. He's got like the weird. He's got a weird mouth. He does have a weird he mouth. He does have a weird mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely noticed that. <laughs> he's got like that ultra thin lips. <laughs> it looks like he's pulling his mouth back. Like, because... Like the opening of his mouth goes beyond where his lips are. It's hard to describe no, unless yeah, you see a close up. Because if his you look lips. at the picture on his Wikipedia, it's very clear <laughs> that his his mouth crease is past his <laughs> lips, and it's uh, it's very apparent, especially in this movie, because you see he's acting so hard. Yeah. That every time he opens his mouth, like your mouth's a lot wider than I thought it was going to be before you started yelling. <laughs> uh, all right. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. This movie is fucking great. It's not a good movie, but holy, it's so fun. Like it's hard not to enjoy this movie, even a decade out from when it came out. I still enjoy this movie a lot. Like I said, I watched it twice in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> it's it's a fun movie that I think is definitely if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch because it is very campy, but it's not. But it is. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. If you just want to have fun watching a dumb movie, it's a good one to do because there are you're gonna find something in it that you like yeah that that's where i'm at with it where i enjoyed the movie if you know what to expect if you if you are in the mood for something dumb and nonsensical with really cool set pieces and cinematography and all that you got it if you're looking for a strong narrative with compelling characters i recommend basically anything else (laughs) (laughs) I think this movie is definitely worth a watch. Maybe two watches. Definitely two watches. And don't let the idea of there being like hot women in it, like turn you away. Like the idea of objectification in this movie, because in reality, it's not that kind of movie anyway. No, it never gets to the point where it's like, come on dog. Yeah. It never feels super gratuitous. It's just like, it's in the characters of, Ava Green, whatever. Yeah. Ava Mendes. <laughs> Ava Mendes. It's, it's not like she's like in the movie busting it wide open. Yeah. You see cleavage in the movie. You, you, see do, an see ass. Her, you do see an ass. Yes. It's a probably perfect ass. Very, very shapely. <laughs> 
Anyway, this is, and there's a cat in the movie. It's there is a, a, that, yeah. The what's cat the deal with that cat? <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, sorry, final thoughts. But you do, <laughs> you do see a bunch of cats at the beginning in his weird cemetery house. Yeah, and then there's one cat that you just keep seeing throughout the movie that he's that does not want to be held in the last scene of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the last scene, he's holding that cat, and that cat is not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, watch the movie. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. After these messages, we'll be back with our titular segment, No Concessions. On the Patreon, we've got a sweet deal for a three-pack of stickers. If you sign up before July 31st, these stickers can be yours. Well, what do these stickers look like, you might be wondering. Luckily, you don't have to open your third eye to see them. We all remember what happened the last time you did. You can find pictures of the stickers on our Instagram, instagram.com slash X no concessions. Check it out. Welcome back. And in our final segment, no concessions, the titular segment where we talk about a favorite movie or I guess, you know what? I'm willing to open it up to least favorite movie after this. Oh, and something that we're not willing to concede on. Let's get into it. Um, Chet, let's start with you. I feel like this isn't a controversial pick in the zeitgeist as a whole, but among among company here might be questionable. Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Ah, oh, fuck that movie, dude. I, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Okay, so Inglorious Bastards. I know Tarantino is overrated, mad overhyped, but you know what? He has some movies that I really enjoy. This is one of them, and. It's not the most unique project he's done. You know, it, it fits into his sort of style and there's nothing that's that crazy about it. But this movie feels kind of like what I liked about the spirit. A lot of that is present here where you have some elements of the film are very serious, very uh, story driven and some tense moments that are uh, beautifully acted and then you have other segments where it's just kind of fun and silly and over the top violent and i feel like this is an excellent blend of the two where it's serious and ridiculous at the same time and there's a lot of nazi killing and i can only support that plus uh get a wonderful performance out of brad pitt playing the worst uh mountain man (laughs) yeah that accent is a choice (laughs) and it was the right choice god damn it (laughs) yeah that does it there are a lot of performances in that movie that really work for me as well Uh, this was one of the first movies that american audiences saw with christoph waltz yeah and his performance was fantastic uh he does a, a very good job of being sort of charming but also terrifying throughout and mostly just because of you know you know what he's capable of like he doesn't need to he he you know he speaks softly he carries a big stick but he's not even carrying the stick you just know he has it yeah he has this inherent menace yeah and he uses that to his to his advantage as a character and i feel like christoph waltz portrays that very well and then of course there's the titular characters the bastards themselves which is just a fun ragtag group of idiots they're there to do some guerrilla warfare and kill a bunch of Nazis. And my 
biggest complaint about the movie is that I guess I want more of their stuff because I enjoyed that the most where it's just this ridiculous spy idiots doing their thing but it contrasts very well against the the underlying plot of the the French woman getting her revenge on the Nazis and I love I enjoy that movie greatly and doesn't matter if it was done by an overrated actor or if uh, idiots fawned over this a little too much. And I still love it. Yeah, for the wrong things. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun little tidbit about Glorious Bastards is that Eli Roth, you know, the, the bear Jew dude who beats that Nazi to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> yes. Tarantino wanted Adam Sandler for that role. Yeah. Wow. That would not have came across the same. I think it would have been too distracting. In the same yeah. way, like seeing Mike Myers later oh, as that man. journal is yeah. very like weird and often like kind of weird and distracting in that scene if adam sandler <laughs> if adam sandler had played the bear jew that whole scene would have felt so very different even if you played it very serious i think just seeing him yeah. especially the way he's introduced walking out of the shadows with a fucking baseball bat <laughs> it would have broken that scene definitely in a weird way definitely it would have just been highly comical <laughs> yeah also yeah. another another little tidbit is uh at the in the scene in the bar where the commander notices hey your accent's weird and he's like hey i didn't ask you dusseldorf hey i didn't ask you frankfurt that's actually where those actors are from (laughs) i fucking hate that movie (laughs) i hate it i hate most of quentin tarantino's work honestly fair it's he's in my mind a director that's focused on style over substance but like the style isn't unique it's just stolen ideas from other things and people suck that man off saying like oh he's such a genius he makes such good no he's he's literally oh in terms of streetwear he's that shirt that came out in like the early 2000s that was just a list like let's say it was like the greatest lakers it was magic and kareem and kobe (laughs) and Shaq. he's that director but with obscure film references (laughs) so like oh i saw this one fucking obscure italian movie by this dude who made one movie once a long time ago but i recognize the reference and for some reason a bunch of other people recognizes i fucking hate that dude i also like lift he'll lift stuff whole cloth oh yeah yeah into his movies and like but because most audiences haven't seen that shit yeah it's like oh this is brand new and cool and also like i'm this might be a take this is going to be the hottest take you hear from me today i'm pretty sure that dude just loves putting racist shit in his movies oh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say that's almost definitely (laughs) he just loves doing it and it's like you should he's his defense is probably gonna be like oh yeah in art you should be able to say whatever you want but like my rebuttal is like well what the fuck are you trying to say yeah. right why do you why do you have some racist shit in every movie then like wh- what's your obsession with this racist yeah. shit yeah it's it's fucking weird and like there's reverence towards like some groups of people say the Japanese yeah. and kill Bill mm-hmm. where like pretty yeah, much fiction. universally disrespected black people in every single one of his movies. That's one of my the biggest one of the like biggest things that like I, I can't fully 100% fuck with Sam Jackson over is the relationship with Quentin Tarantino. I mean that's that's the relationships people would have with each other. It's 
easily justified between people, uh, individuals, because it's like, well, he's nice to me. Yeah. I have a great relationship with him. Right. Well, that doesn't fucking matter now, yeah. does it? Like, like, he revitalized Sam Jackson's career to some extent. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's had like three or four resurgences in his career. I mean, he's been acting for a long time. Yeah. yeah. He's in fucking three movies a year. Yeah. And he loves acting. Yeah, he's a big fan. But anyway, I, I'm on the fuck Quentin Tarantino train. Yeah, and like fuck all of his work. That's fine. And I'm also like, I definitely get criticisms of Tarantino. But looking at certain individual films, I can't help but just really enjoy them. That's one of them. So, yeah, I, no, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying you, you're not allowed to enjoy oh, no, Tarantino's yeah. work, like. <laughs> That's also for you at home. Like, try to understand. I'm not saying you're not allowed to enjoy his shit. I just personally don't enjoy any of his work because when I contextualize it into his full body of work after seeing a bunch of it, it's like, yo, this actually lays out a really weird pattern of behavior. Yeah, yeah. And like, I can't fuck with this anyway. Charles, what's your what's your no concessions this uh, week? Frank Miller's the spirit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's acceptable. I'd accept it. I'd- no, mine, mine is also kind of, kind of spicy, and I talk and talk. I, I debated even like speak your piece. This one, uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Oh okay. wow! Fuck yeah. out of here, yeah. dude! Wow. Oh, two you know stinkers in a row. <laughs> Holy shit! I love that movie, dude. Oh. Do you really? I genuinely really like Man of Steel. What the fuck? Uh, there are. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm canceling the show. So God damn. Not only am I massively hungover, but like these movies are terrible, and, and thinking about them is putting like my brain into like a figure four leg lock right now. Anyway, continue. Uh, I I just really like that as a Superman movie. I really enjoy that take. I don't know if it, I don't think it should be like the definitive Superman for the modern era, but I do like the choices that they made with like the mythos of Superman. It's kind of heavy handed in some places, it's like when he's talking to a priest and there's uh, Jesus is right behind him. <laughs> oh, is there some image you were supposed to evoke and here? The actual Christ on the cross pose he uh, makes when he is falling out of a spaceship later in the film. Uh, Zack Snyder is not known for his subtlety. No, actually, he's not, surprisingly. <laughs> but I do like a lot of the character stuff that they do with Clark. I like Amy Adams' performance as, uh, as Lois Lane. I don't like Kevin Costner um, as a person or as an actor, but they they do kill him. And he does. <laughs> like one of the scenes that was like maligned a lot is that's when uh, he's talking. It was in the trailer too, where they're talking. The you know, young Clark is talking about he's being scolded for having used his powers to save the bus when it goes off the goes off the bridge, and like Lana, or she's never named in the movie, but Lana and Pete uh, see him when he like lifts the bus out of the water and Jonathan is like kind of chastising him for it later. And he's like, what was I supposed to do? Just let them die. And he says, maybe. And off top, it does sound really terrible. Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) It sounds like a really shitty, awful moral lesson, but it comes from this fear that Jonathan has that if the more people know about this, he's going to lose his son. He doesn't actually think that he should have let them die. He's worried he's going to lose his kid. 
because of what's going on. I look, I know, I know you guys. <laughs> I think the movie's good. <laughs> there is a like, and like the when he when Clark has to kill Zod at the end, that shit works for me. Like it just does. The idea that uh, Clark develops this like disdain for killing because he has obviously he's not someone who wants to kill but when he's forced to zod basically performs suicide by police is effectively <laughs> what he's doing he he's at that point like he knows he can't win but he also refuses to lose in like any traditional sense and so he forces clark into this position where he has to do something and he both he's able to in that same moment he's able to take away Clark's control of the situation and also leave him alone. You and know, yeah. I, dude, I there, know. There's so many different ways that Clark could have handled that. I know. But, I but, get it. I'm aware that people don't like this movie for a lot of reasons and all those reasons are legit. I still love it. <laughs> I don't I'm like when I, when I think about that ending scene with Zod, I just, in my mind, I calculate all the different ways that he could have prevented that. Like, why not just throw his face into the ground and just like, I don't know, put your fucking boot on the back of his head. So he's just staring into the ground. Yeah. I don't know. There are a lot of different ways he could have handled that situation aside from killing him. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I just, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. When you explained weeks ago, when you explained what this segment would be, this is a movie that snap pops into my head immediately. I was like, this is going to be the movie where no one's on my side. <laughs> and I know right, that because it's been six years. Like, I know. <laughs> I will be one of the very, very few people in the middle of this debate because I feel like that movie wasn't nearly as bad as people made it out to be. I definitely don't. Yeah, I definitely think people were yeah, way it, over it, hating this movie. Because it was Zack Snyder. Yeah. And like yeah. Zack Snyder had done some bad work in the past. I mean, he had just done Sucker Punch, which was uh, a stinker. An actual nightmare. <laughs> that one was bad. That, that wasn't was strange at all. We could talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like a lot of people just hated on the movie. I feel like just because it was something different, like... I agree with some of the points in that it was a little bit too dark for what people want to see out of a Superman movie. Yeah. There was scaling issues. Oh, definitely. Uh, like that's, that's for sure. And I didn't even really think about that until someone said like, all he really did was save a school bus, save some people in a montage. Like, Oh, okay. He stopped a tanker from explode or saved the people from an exploding tanker. And then literally saving all of humanity yeah like it's just from it really <laughs> ramps up and some of the stuff that you don't even see on screen it's just things are happening yeah and uh, bvs has a similar issue um For I, think, sure. I think bvs was a too many uh chefs in the kitchen situation yeah bvs that's i mean that's not the movie we're trying to defend yeah. here but um <laughs> I, and i don't think that movie is defensible <laughs> let me be clear i don't blanket accept all of Zack Snyder's <laughs> body of work um but <clears throat> there's a lot of things in man of steel that I like and it's enough things that it adds up to me liking the whole movie and there's stuff throughout it that I just really enjoy. And I'd be totally down to debate somebody in a bar over it. Cause I, <laughs> I know because I have done that exactly. I'm, I'm sure I've definitely gotten have. drunk and rambled about man of steel for like an hour and a half. So 
Don't ask me about it if I'm more than three drinks in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. My uh, no concession this week is Judge Dredd from 1995. Okay. I fucking love this movie. It's a weird, it's, it's a fucking weird movie. The things that I like about it are the setting. Mega City One and even the Outlands with the fucking irradiated hillbillies. That shit's cool. <laughs> it's cyberpunk in like a weird dystopian future way. It's got really great practical effects throughout the film. Sylvester Stallone is kind of just whatever in the movie, but Armand Asante with his fucking puckered butthole mouth <laughs> is acting his fucking whole ass off in the movie. Rob Schneider's in it for some reason. Oh, yeah. It's it's a fucking weird movie back when you needed the comedy sidekick in every movie yeah, it was fucking weird diane lane and joan chen looking like fucking whole snacks in this movie <laughs> it's it's a fucking it's a delight the story is whatever judge dread is set up by his clone armand Desante, and he's trying to prove his innocence but what do you know an adventure an adventure ensues uh, after Judge Dredd is falsely locked up. It's a fucking, it's a cool movie. <laughs> it's not particularly good, but I enjoy it a lot. I'll have to revisit it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't that seen in this Dredd in probably five, ten years. It's, yeah. I love that shit. I love it. It's one, of, it's one of those movies. I can acknowledge that it's not very good, but all I, I, remember, I get a kick out of it. All I remember about it was that it was very over the top and like, over pretty the top, much every way also a movie that sylvester stallone starred in. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen over the top i i don't think i have it's the arm wrestling yeah, movie it's oh, fucking wild dude i want to watch win that. his son's respect through arm wrestling anyway you were saying something yeah i just didn't remember that that movie was way over the top like stallone or his character of judge dread takes his job way too seriously and is extremely passionate about it and stallone delivers that in the most goofy way yeah that's he fun. blows like, up a future Ferrari over a parking ticket. <laughs> it's fucking weird. He's he's the quintessential like cop that's doing too much. Oh man, that's the, he's the natural extension of fucking Michael Douglas from last week's movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Man, okay. So what other future? cop type movies came out around the time because i know demolition man was around then as well fifth element was around then robocop 2 yeah robocop 2 would come out that was like the thing to do yeah just be i mean even total recall is still like in that same vein yeah he's not a future cop though but no but might as well be yeah future adventures i don't know it was very popular genre back then we need to bring that back we need more of these (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, I, when you said Judge Dredd, I was definitely thinking the new yeah, one. Yeah, they're gonna say the Carl Urban Dredd. No, that one. That one is just called Dredd. Yeah, ah, ah you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week's episode of No Concessions. Thanks for checking us out. We'll see you next week. Bye. Take care, y'all. Please at me. <laughs> he means it, Adam. <laughs> <laughs>